What is the effect of the coronavirus on Apple? Will that stop Apple from making new mini LED-based products? And is an iPad with trackpad support a bad idea? All this and more on this episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Life Johnson. Hello. And Michael Simon. Good morning. So the news is filled with the coronavirus. Never heard of it. Whether it's a social news story or even, a, and it's creeped into tech now because all these events that were scheduled to happen are now being canceled. And there's been news that Apple is not allowing its employees to travel to certain locations. Seems like it's particularly affecting the tech industry. I know that's the industry I work in, but even the mainstream news seems to be mainly talking about that. You know, there's so many of these conferences that are all tech, you know, tech rules the world right now. Yes, that's why we're, you know, that's why it seems like it's affecting it because, it, you know, that, that's the number one industry. It's, it's just, it's everywhere. It's everything. And, you know, when Apple, I mean, think about the four biggest companies, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, I mean, they're all tech companies. That's yeah. why That's why it seems like it's affecting them the hardest, because it is. The Wall Street Journal came out with an article on how Tim Cook put a lot of focus on China, and now it's kind of come back yeah. to kind of bite him in the butt. And the one problem I have with that article, it makes it seem like Tim Cook was like hell-bent on getting Apple to focus really on China a few years ago. But the fact of the matter is, in the late 90s it's been a long process yeah it's yeah. been a long it's been yeah. a longer process than that and like in the late 90s apple tried to do manufacturing in other areas like especially in the united states and came to the conclusion that the infrastructure is not here the training's not here and to be fair apple has a huge us presence they do make the the, uh, the, the mac pro here i mean they it's not like they ignore us yeah they didn't ignore, they tried very hard to to get manufacturing done in the U.S. And they had to go to China because China, you know, it was just a matter of how the U.S. economy has evolved. And the U.S. economy has evolved past that. And China was still incorporating a lot of that. So they are able to move and give Apple the things that it was looking for. That's one of the main reasons why Apple went to China in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they're the only ones doing it. <laughs> right. We're more of a – people don't want to admit it, but we are more of a world economy. Anything that yes. tries to stop it is atavistic in my opinion. It's, yeah. And there, there are you know, lots of reasons why we shouldn't be manufacturing goods in, in China. And there's a lot of human rights issues and all that other stuff. But the fact of the matter is it's, it's an economic business decision. And Apple is going to make the best one for them and their 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 customers. Kind of like Mike, uh, Mike was saying, the the main thing, the reason to be concerned about it to me is because it could compromise the company's uh, commitment to security, privacy, oh, and all stuff. that stuff. Yep. Yeah. So far, it hasn't affected that much, at least from app from removals. But I can see that changing. And um, let's see. Also, another thing, it wouldn't, you know, because of the way China's government's operated, it wouldn't be too out of the question to imagine it going, well, that's all, we're shutting you all down, and then Apple, that's when you would be scared. But this is where I'm going to get cynical about all this stuff, talking, you know, about, oh, you know, Apple shouldn't have bet on that. So far, this isn't going to hurt Apple. This has a lot of, you know, 
I mean, it's not going to die, put it that way. Uh, you know, the the main thing that's worried about is the investors aren't getting their money right now. And that, that's that's what I see. I don't, you know, every time we hear about that, it's because the investors aren't getting their money. You you, you simply have to look about the bit of the company uh, losing more than 100, what is it, billion in market value because the company did the right thing and told investors it wouldn't reach its sales estimate. This, this is, to me, a problem inherent with the system. Okay, so people are taking precautions. We're like, we should scale back and stuff like this. We should let let ride this out. Let make sure people are healthy and you know not spread a, a deadly disease and stuff. But no, we got to have our dividends and all that stuff. That's that's what's ticking me off about this is that focus because it's it's going to things are going to get better. I mean, the Apple is not stopping designing products. It's not. They're just not releasing millions and millions out into the world. It's just ah, uh, it frustrates me. I'm sorry. I understand everything you're saying, but I don't think Tim Cook is sitting there watching his stocking saying, oh, my God, I lost $100 billion today. They generally do what they need to do, stock be damned. You know, they've, they've taken their hits before, and they're going to take plenty you know, more. They were one of the first, if not the first, major company to say, listen, we're, this is going to affect us big time. They're worth $1.3 trillion. You know, a $100 billion swing here and there isn't going to affect it. It sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. Today, it's up a, it's up $100 billion. You know, it's, it's not, it doesn't, like those things, I don't think factor into their decisions. I mean, yeah, does the whole reliance on investors in Wall Street, yeah, it's, it's, it's awful. If it wasn't clear what I was talking about, I was not talking about Apple. I'm talking about everybody else's reaction to this. You know, when you when you look at people saying, "Oh, is Apple in trouble?" You're not here. This isn't talking about Apple itself. It's people talking about it. That's what they see as the danger: is these investors not getting their money and stuff. I wasn't. Yeah, Cook. My I adore Tim Cook. I mean, he has some certain things. But I remember that time when there was this one guy that was saying they shouldn't be focusing as much as like civil rights. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, we'll leave. Sell your stock then." And he said that right at the end. I was like, "Good on you, man." Yeah, it was about. Um I think it was about accessibility, and he said, "I don't, I don't care about the bloody ROI," which was just an awesome quote. Yeah, I know, I, I, and I, I understand. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think Apple puts its investors first. However, it does need to make money, and it's, it's, it's made it abundantly clear that it's really good at doing that. So when it suddenly has a shortfall, regardless of what the cause is, they're going to take a hit and they're going to lead the way. You know, and Tim Cook knows that, and they all know that, and it's just it's 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 all about managing that, managing the fall, if you will. If they had come out on March twenty uh, eighth and said, "Oh, by the way, our our uh, our quarterly report is going to be really bad," they would have gotten you know it would have been ridiculous. You know, they did what they had to do. They they look at the scope of things and the the timeline and all that other stuff, and they make whatever decisions they need to make. And you know, I don't I just I don't think that. Apple stock price is keeping Tim Cook up at night. Bloomberg is reporting that the uh, iPad Pro has limited availability, but it's unclear whether that's because it's the end of the product cycle or if it's because production has been affected by the coronavirus. Yeah, it could be a little bit of both. Most likely it is. Uh, there's been rumors forever, and it's been about a year and a half. It's right around, right on target for a refresh. Now, I do think that and we'll talk about this in the next little segment, but the new products, I think, will be initially probably more constrained than we're used to seeing. I took care of that transition for you, Roman. You can, you you can, you yes. can pay me my, uh, my bonus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are reports that Apple's going to have six products with mini LEDs, including, interestingly enough, a 14.1-inch MacBook Pro. 
Yeah, that was totally burying the lead there. The, the the headlines were all about these these mini LEDs, which quite frankly really wouldn't matter all that much. Like we wouldn't really see it, or you know, Apple will put us a, a spin on it and say it's the greatest display they ever did. But if you compare it to a prior generation, and listen, Apple's displays are great. These might be slightly more great depending on how you're measuring them. But to the untrained eye, they're going to look, you know, just as good as they did before. But a 14-inch MacBook Pro would be freaking awesome. I mean, that is the sweet spot if I ever heard of it. Because the 13, I have I have the 13 now, and I, I've been using it for a, a bunch of years. And it's a little bit too small. The 15, to, the 15 and now the 16 is just a little bit too big. But that 14, man, that would be sweet. So basically for people, just to let them know, this rumored 14 14- inch macbook pro would replace the 13 inch and it would effectively have the same effect that the transition from the 15 to the 16 had so it might be a slightly bigger laptop but it's mostly because the bezels around the display are smaller yeah uh, the the difference in in footprint would be nominal but you would get an inch more screen size because they would be trimming those bezels which you know they could use some trimming yeah and hopefully it has a scissor switch keyboard yeah well i think that's also a a given at this point now that well, let's hope <laughs> now that that 16 model is out and people seem to like it there don't seem to be any problems with it and um i would be shocked if they made a macbook pro that didn't have him in there if somebody would go and set set fire to apple park <laughs> right. I mean, they can't do that <laughs> butterfly keyboard is is uh on its way out so this came from a report from uh Noted analyst Ming Chi Kuo. Yeah, he's uh, he's the he's the man. He he knows what he's doing. The five other products were the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, the 10.2 inch iPad, the 7.9 inch iPad Mini, a 27 inch iMac Pro. On the list was a 16 inch MacBook Pro. I guess that would be an update. Yeah, yeah, all, all, not, all not necessarily. Yeah. He, he didn't say these are all coming out next month. Uh, he said it this year and also next year. So yeah, all that makes sense is that they're just, they're basically they're basically moving to mini LED for everything but the iPhone and the Apple Watch. The big news this week is a story that's still in progress. Apple is suggesting a settlement to a lawsuit involving the throttling of the iPhone six and seven. If this uh, settlement gets approved. People who owned those phones and the uh, iPhone SE uh, might be eligible for a twenty-five dollar payment. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a gift card. People, that was <laughs> <laughs> not giving away yeah. money. I mean, it, it, they're giving away money, but they're gonna they're gonna make you use it in their store. Is my guess. Yeah. Apple proposed in this agreement that they'll pay up to five hundred million. Yeah, which is, I mean, geez, that's nothing. Tim Cook could, could 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 turn out his pockets and, and probably find <laughs> two hundred million. <laughs> and this all stems from a uh, class action lawsuit. Apple issued an iOS update that kind of throttled performance. Basically, the way I understand it is that Apple was saying that the batteries, as they were weaker batteries, could no longer handle the operating system, yeah. and so that they would close down. You know what? I buy that that argument i do too they should have just told us 
They they should have told people. That's all they needed to do. The same thing with Siri and the privacy thing. Like, just tell us. They just didn't handle it correctly. And of course, yes. people got pissed off. Or, or give us, even better, give us an option. Turn it on by default and let us shut it off. That's all we're asking for. See, what ticks me off is this fed into this little narrative that Apple wants you Apple wants you to replace your, your phones. The whole reason I got into Apple products is because I wanted a laptop that doesn't die on me every, like, friggin' year. I think the fact that they are still updating the iPhone 6 to, to iOS 13 proves that they care about their older products. Yes, exactly. I mean, they wouldn't have done it if they didn't care. They would have let you know, if they wanted you to upgrade, they would have said, all right, fine, we're not touching it. It'll, it, the battery will die or it'll, it'll, it, it won't be able to keep whatever the case may be and then people upgrade. They were, they were making the phone experience better by doing what they did. However, they should have told people. I, I think some kind of people would have people would have gotten mad no matter what. But not they would have not, absolutely. But at least Apple would have been upfront about exactly. It. But not saying anything just f further fuels into that little right. Facebook social media fire. <laughs> that uh, oh yeah, they you know they want you to buy P people and, and that grows out of the fact that people buy new iPhones every year. It's because they want to. It's you don't have to. Like the very fact that you're walking around with your six and seven shows that people don't. Go around updating. I have a friend who still has a seven. It's just, yeah, it's. I make fun of her for that. But yeah, yeah. It's uh, Apple, <laughs> Apple products, and you know, to a to some extent, Samsung and Google as well. I mean, you can get two to three years, no problem, and still have a good phone that works really well. There's no reason to upgrade yearly or even buy annually. Do you think that they would still qualify for it if they got the battery replaced? If they got a new battery, I don't know. I mean, that's going to be the terms of the of the agreement. They haven't hammered all that out, so we're looking at you know months and months before we find out. But I wonder. They might say if you took advantage of the replacement battery, which valued at what are they charging at twenty nine dollars? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That might that might you know nullify your payment. Which I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily. Uh, take issue with I that. Either. You know, I mean, it's twenty five bucks, people. <laughs> like you paid eight hundred dollars for your phone. <laughs> so yeah, just to let people know, and we put this in the article, but we still get emails. The details of this still has not been worked out. This the court. They haven't even. They haven't even necessarily like settled. Like they both sides agree, but it needs to go through the legal process. Yeah, this is what Apple's proposed. And it still need, right. needs to be approved, and this could take a while. By the judge, the the lawyer, both the both sides have agreed. Apple proposed it, and the other side, uh, the lawyer for the class action, accepted it. Yeah, it just needs to go to the judge. There's no there's no reason to believe the judge won't approve it, but you know it takes time. The legal the legal wheels do not move quickly. The wheels of justice. Just to put it bluntly, you can't apply for your payout yet. Right, right. There's, there's there's no website. There's no mailing address. There's nothing. When when there is, we'll you know we'll write about it. Yeah, Believe we'll me. cover it when it when it comes when the details do come out. So just stay tuned. And I, I have an iPhone six that I forgot to get a new battery for, so I can't wait to get my twenty five bucks. <laughs> Rumor has it that Apple is working on a smart keyboard folio with a trackpad for the iPad. Is this a good idea? And why would Apple even consider such an accessory for the iPad? Michael Simon thinks it's a bad idea. Right, Mike. They do. <laughs> so why why is this I, a bad idea? The worst idea? idea since the puck house, I believe, <laughs> is what I wrote. Strong in my argument. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a forceful. I mean, uh, anyway. The, the, just uh, as a quick aside, we have the puck mouse twice on our site this week, highlighted twice on the wow. site this week. So. Okay. <laughs>
but uh, when it rains, it pours. <laughs> so, what's your main issue with with this with with this mic? My, my main issue, and with that, you know, I didn't I didn't put a, a blunt edge on it in the story. But my main issue is, if I had to sum it up in in, in a few words, is Apple is changing what it wants the iPad to be to appease the loudest people in this in the room, and that bothers me. I listen. The iPad, the iPad has its issues. I do not think that the lack of trackpad support is one of them. I don't. And I want to argue. And, and so- what? Okay. okay. Well, I was going to say that I, I thought I was going to get a mountain of hate mail, but I really didn't. People kind of agreed with me, and you know, I, I didn't. I didn't get the the response that I thought I would. See. But anyway, ca- carry on. Like. I, no, it's not. You see, the the thing is, is that. I still think it would be fine without one, but at the same time, I, you, one of the things you said you, that it fundamentally changes a, a fundamental rethinking of what the iPad does. I don't, I don't really think that. I mean, okay, so I, last year I wrote an editorial on touchscreen MacBooks, and why do we don't have one of those in there? And it was interesting because Apple's uh, software engineering chief Craig Federighi made this line um, to Wired last year in the wake of WWDC. We really feel that the econ- uh, um, ergonomics of using a Mac, or that your hands are rested on a service and that lifting up your uh, arm to poke a screen is a pretty fatiguing thing to do well that's always what you're doing when you're using an ipad with the uh with the smart keyboard i don't see how okay so i i think that people are overthinking what you were going to be doing with this it's just like with the touchscreen macbook you know people when apple talks about that they seem to think people are going to be like you know doing intricate photoshop things using the touchscreen on there no they don't they just want to swipe the screen and click on links it's just the same thing with this you just want to move around and and click a button and that's all you probably do then they might you know work in some swipe gestures on there and stuff like this but things like multitasking like split screen you're still going to lift your finger up there it's just a little convenience i I don't see how because it's it's still moving around your finger i mean moving around like you would with your finger and it's pressing on stuff i think that's going to be like the most that that's what people use it for and honestly that is fatiguing when i use my ipad as my main input device but I could see it going without it too. It just to me, it doesn't require this fundamental rethinking you're talking about. Well, I mean, the way I see it, though, so Apple sells the keyboard now. The keyboard is for a specific case. My guess is about half of the people who buy an iPad. I'm, I, let's leave the pro out of it for a moment. Half of half of iPad people probably buy that keyboard because they're like, oh, you know, when I'm writing emails, when I'm writing some, but the the keyboard on the iPad right now is it's for a very specific reason. Use it to type. On a Mac, the keyboard is it is the thing like your as 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 Federico says, your, your your hands are there. Like that's the way we use a laptop. It's in our lap. The the keyboard's there. Our, our hands are down. The iPad is supposed to be a tablet. It's a tablet-first device. The keyboard is an accessory. If you bring in that trackpad, you're telling people, we want it to be something different than what it is. We want you to be able to use the keyboard 90% of the time if you're at a you know, I, 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 I think that there's, there's an inherent change and confusion when people buy this thing and hook it up and they say, well, what, what the hell am I supposed to do with this now? That's just the way, I mean, that, that's just the way I see it. I think, I think it adds a level of, of confusion to the interface and the experience and doesn't really benefit other than, as you say, a, a slight reach up to the screen when the keyboard is attached. 
I mean, when Apple does videos and stuff like that, they expect you to use like the the Apple Pencil for some of this stuff. I mean, if you ask sure. me on some level, it's actually making it less complicated. I think that's less. I'd say twenty percent of people are buying an Apple Pencil. That's a that's a that's a niche device. The keyboard, I think, is a little more so. Yes, but I, I I don't think it's any more fundamental of a change than actually just sticking a keyboard on it. I mean, that, that's it, it. It's it's very. I just see myself using it for simple things. I just see it as like an added convenience. The keyboard helps in the sense that you, when you know, before the before the smart keyboard was was, was available, when you were typing something, you know, when you're typing something on on a, on, a, on a desk, and you propped it up in some way or whatever, however you did it, you know, you lose half that screen with the keyboard. You know, it comes up in the bottom. This this lets you use the whole screen and still type. It has a very specific purpose, and it doesn't fundamentally change anything. And it, it helps you in the sense that you're still using a full screen app, but you can type. And a trackpad, though, it just it adds something else. And it also let, it, it signals to me that, Ad, that Apple has no idea what to do with the iPad. So let's throw on a trackpad and make it like a surface. We've talked about and that. It's not. And I agree with that. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, to be honest, I don't necessarily believe the rumor. I was going to ask that. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't really believe that they're going to do this. Yes. But if they do, I just think it would be it would be a massive misstep. Yeah, I, I was just about to ask you that if you even thought it was it was a credible rumor because I don't I, I think it's I think it's nonsense. And, and until until uh, Mark Gurman tells me, <laughs> I don't necessarily be, I don't think the information is lying. That's that's where the, that's where it came from. The information. I don't think that they're. I just think they might have gotten some bad intel or somebody saw a prototype of something. That isn't necessarily a viable product. Now, I do think that one day there will be a device that does all of these things, it's, and you know replaces that. You know, the Mac isn't going to be here forever. So at some point there will be something between the iPad and the Mac that is that device that everybody wants and does it all well. But it's going to need a whole different UI. You know, Apple's not going to just throw Mac OS and iOS together, even though they seem to be trying to do that, and it's not really working. Whatever that third device is, that service-like hybrid two-in-one device, it needs to be something dramatically different from what we know now. And I do believe Apple is working on that, and then at some point we'll probably see that. I just I don't see how adding a trackpad to the the iPad works. And the other thing is like the 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 way the keyboard is now, like it doesn't even fit a trackpad. That's true. So Apple has to change the whole design of it. It's just it's it's a lot of work mm-hmm. for very little benefit. And another thing, uh, I want to say here that there are other uh, rumors right now that there will be a backlit keyboard for the iPad coming that, out. I'm all for that. that. That's that's I don't know how they how they don't have that yet. But these rumors don't seem to overlap. So that that's one of the I'm basically pointing us to show that uh, you know it's who knows. It's like Mike said, maybe yeah. there's a lot of prototypes that they played with, and I could totally see these being prototype options. And I, oh, me too. And I and I, I would I, I would be surprised if there weren't. You know wild prototypes of things that, you know, Apple, they, they need to experiment and try things out, of course. I just think that this one, it just doesn't seem right to me. Backlit keyboard, though, please. Jeez, like, how is, how, how is it not backlit? That's crazy. <laughs> Every, Apple was the first to have backlit Mac. Exactly. Like, how many years ago? Well, 
that's that's important. But you know, another thing is with the smart folio keyboard, they you know they, it it almost feels like canvas and stuff. So they don't have so if they keep that design and and one of the rumors says that they are going to keep those types of materials. Be interesting to see how they work a trackpad into that if they do it all because you know that's kind of like the idea of it. It doesn't get crumbs in it and everything, which is funny because it's a complete departure of what they did with the butterfly. It would keyboard. be like the surface. And have you seen a surface yes, keyboard after a few months of garbage? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So and you know. And also, it's not like the iPad with a smart keyboard is horribly uncomfortable to use on a laptop. You need to use it on a table. Mm -hmm. So once you put it on a table, it's just like you add a trackpad, and then what the hell is the difference between that and a MacBook Air? Yes. Other than it's it's a it's a an operating system that can do less. (laughs) It's just I I just don't I just I don't I don't I don't buy it. Actually, uh, reader Jeff Williams on Facebook, he had that exact same. Doesn't Jeff Williams work at <laughs> Right. <laughs> he wrote, once you buy an iPad and the keyboard with or without the trackpad, you might as well have purchased a MacBook Air. Uh, Peter Stellman on Facebook said that he looks forward to having a cursor on the iPad so he can control from the keyboard. Spreadsheets and other documents will be so much easier. Barbara Pelleg, uh wrote that she has the smaller iPad with the keyboard it's easier for her to take along and easy to use. It depends on what you do with your iPad. She has a MacBook too, but she uses the iPad more. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's the thing too, is they're going to have to do some real rethinking of that cursor because right now it's this big circle if you use it with a mouse. And that's, it's annoying. Well, I mean, here, here's a question. Would Let's say this happens. Let's say they do it. Yeah, what does that look like? I mean, all right, take a look at the Apple TV, that which is essentially a, a trackpad on that remote and all you do is you go from app to app maybe they would maybe the home screen would be that and rather than having a cursor you would jump from one one element to the next <laughs> maybe they wouldn't even have a cursor i don't know that's how everyone hates the siri remote uh, hopefully they wouldn't follow well, that but it, the the trackpad functionality isn't the reason why it's because it's awful ergonomically, but the the uh, touchscreenness of it is cool. I, well, at least I think. I struggle with that honestly, and and I, I think a lot. Of, I I did manage to make it a little bit more appealing to me by really by taking the tracking down all the way to the lowest level. But uh, yeah, but it's it's still frustrating to me because it's not as precise. I go past things that I mean to. I, I, yeah, so there is all that. I mean, they just can't just throw a, a an arrow. And a trackpad, and say this is this is the new iPad Pro. Look, look at us. <laughs> it would just be ridiculous, and everyone would would, would make fun make, make fun of them anyway. Like, oh, Apple finally made a uh, finally realized that the iPad is worthless, and now it's uh, it's it's like it's like a it's like a MacBook Lite. I just I don't I don't see it happening. I do want you know things to change. Well, Mike Simon has an article detailing why. An iPad with trackpad support is the worst idea since the puck mouse. <laughs> you can get to that article through a link on the show notes for this podcast. And I, I think I, I think I convinced Leif that I'm right. <laughs> I mean, I said, I, the first century you said, I'm going to go against Leif here. And I was like, I'm just kind of like, okay, that'd be cool. I, I'm not like strongly opinionated. Either way. I have to fight somebody, Leif. You're the <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Now it's time for the two-minute tip where a Macworld staffer will present a quick tip for your Apple device. And this tip will show you how to remove the drop shadow from Mac screenshots. You can take screenshots of specific windows on your Mac by pressing Command-Shift-4. 
the cursor becomes a target crosshair and you click on the window you want to capture. The window gets highlighted and the cursor turns into a camera icon and then you press the space bar to take the screenshot. When Apple creates the screenshot, it uses a drop shadow to give it some emphasis. But if you don't want the drop shadow, here's what you do. Take the screenshot as you normally would, but when you tap the space bar to take the shot, also hold down the option key, and voila, you'll have no more drop shadow. If you didn't get all of that, don't worry, we have the steps on macworld.com, so check out our website. That just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 688. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thanks. And wash your hands, everybody. <laughs> and thanks to Leif Johnson. Thank you. And be careful when you cross the street. Oh, yes. <laughs> I got run over the other day. Leif got hit by a car it's a, it's a yesterday. Over. <laughs> Fortunately, the story gets I, I was trying to be quick about it. I was trying to be quick about it. It's the dangers of living in San Francisco, working and living in San Francisco. Fortunately, life is okay. Yes, I'm okay. He was on life support for two days, but he's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. But he's doing all right. Wish him well on his Twitter feed. That's Is it at Life Johnson? That's it. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, through SoundCloud, or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, you can send us an email at podcast at macworld.com, or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you all next time.